audio is up. Mana uh, mana. Make him say uh. Make him say uh. You don't remember that song? Make him say uh. Uh. Mana mana. I think they were just saying mana mana, but it sounds funny when you say mana mana. Make him say uh uh uh. Mana Shut up, computer. Please don't eat that pumpkin. <laughs> the San Diego Comic Con Fallout episode is live. Or will be. anything like if it's anything like the Halo TV show I'll watch one episode and go nice and then never watch it again <laughs> never have I cared less for a show that I actually thought was okay oh great I don't care are you gonna watch a Fallout TV show <laughs> it is on IMDb. It's on IMDb? The IMDb channel? Daniel Warren Johnson write two books? He sure did. So Daniel Warren Johnson uh, does the art for Duo of Powerbomb and Jurassic League? No, he just does the writing. Okay, that makes more sense. Alright. Cool. Well, that explains why I like those books.
Yeah, there's that one for sure. What else you got? Um, the Mad Adventists. What are their tags again? Yeah, I got Inaki. I never get the other brother. I get Inaki without any trouble. Royal. Tag has a relo this time since it's the last issue of the book, but I doubt he cares. Alright. What else you got? Who's the who's the person I missed? Dast McLean? I don't even know D A S T. Oh, okay. Easy enough. Nice. Dan Posanian. Dan Pacinian, Dead Dan Pacinian. Alright. And so much news. Alright. Let's turn on the Do Not Disturb feature. I just don't want my mom or dad calling in the middle of the uh, attempt at us trying to have a show. <laughs> It's not like I have friends. No, I'm just saying, <laughs> last time you tried to set it, it didn't work. No, 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 I figured it out. Oh, no, you're right. That's a good point. I don't know. Yeah, I forgot. We put it on Do Not Disturb, and it didn't work that one time. Yeah. That's a good point. Oh, lordy. I gotta go through and delete all the old videos that we don't need, since we're just using the laptop as a backup video in case Twitter goes down. Uh, I mean, it's not like the laptop's in any danger of running out of memory. But! You nice want to keep it clean. Yeah. You want to keep your laptops tidy. A tidy top, if you will. Tidy top. I just realized, I don't think we have any pillars this week. I didn't have any Tom King or Tom Taylor books. I Next week will be fine. <laughs> Next week we'll be back. Oh, bad. Just a second. Okay, here. I'll ask. Oh, hi, Rick. Did you get a new shirt? Oh, I did, Ella Strange. Thank you for asking. It is an exclusive bunny mask shirt that was gifted to me uh, by the fantastic folks at our local comic shop. As you can see on the back here, oh god, it requires me turning. It's got the My logo. Pumpkin. Oh, you It's got the logo. It's got aftershock comics. There are only that I know of two of these in existence. There are only two of these that I know of in existence, and I own one of them. And it is a great shirt, and I love it. Send me more bunny masks, thanks. 
I am the Sussman, Rick Sussman, and of course, I am joined by the original Angry Nerd Girl herself, Elle Lestrange. We are Team Repile, and we have so many books for you this week, everyone. Just just a, a smorgasbord of, 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 of books. For me, this is a lot. For anyone, it's a lot. We have cats running in front of the camera already, or two minutes into the show. It's always Barbara. <laughs> it really is. And more importantly, uh, we have lots of news to discuss. So many important things happening this week at San Diego Comic Con. But more importantly, more importantly than San Diego Comic Con, Halloween has started. What do you mean Halloween? It's it July. Is starting. No. Okay. And seriously, Spirit is yeah. going to start announcing Spirit Halloween Store. Spirit Halloween Store is going to start announcing their locations on Tuesday. Okay. So we got that. Okay. Then you have stores like Target and Bath and Body Works. This is where Tiny Pumpkin This came? actually came from Target. <laughs> I think they accidentally put it out one week. We just happened to be there. And then we went the next week, and everything that had anything to do with the pumpkin was gone. So either they got wiped out really quick, or they are like, oops. Is this why you're wearing a Halloween shirt? Maybe. <laughs> I'm ready for Halloween. That's the big news. That's my big news. That's okay. Your... okay, now moving on. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, got, you good? You I good? got it out. I got it out. Yeah, yeah. I'm done. <laughs> Moving on, San Diego Comic-Con, of course, is this weekend. It's still technically going on. There has been insane uh, news from San Diego Comic-Con. Right now, probably the biggest stuff is coming out of the Marvel wing, as it always is. Hall H is a big deal. Uh, before we get to the fun stuff that you and I are excited about, we can't really avoid the elephant in the room. Um, Marvel has unveiled Phase 5 of the MCU, will be called the Multiverse Saga. We're getting like two Avengers movies, which will be Avengers um, Secret, uh, Secret Invasion and Avengers um, Kang, something or other. Mm -hmm. um, but basically, we're just dealing with the fallout of what is essentially the Loki TV show, where the multiverse is now a thing. We saw it in Spider-Man. We saw it in Doctor Strange. It just opens up so much more material to, to work with. Mm -hmm. and the stories, being able to... Um, kind of hop over to maybe a different timeline or different uh, the writers' yeah. uh, representation of the character. Uh, we know that, so. and, and to, to dovetail off of that, we know that the Fantastic Four is going to have a movie, and it's going to come out November 8th, 2024, which is going to be like four days after the 2024 election, and I find that to be odd timing, but um, okay. Uh, Ant-Man and Wasp officially debuts the start of the next phase of the MCU, so that means phase four of the MCU was kind of like the phase? Like in between? Like, okay, we got this going on. Yeah. <laughs> this will hold you over. But yeah. You get. <laughs> been, so, like, the Eternals, which we both liked, we thought was fine. Yeah. Um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which was really good. Uh, all the MCU TV shows that are on Disney+, Plus. this is all, I guess, part of phase four in some way, and everyone's just sort of like, okay. But there hasn't been, like, an overarching baddie, so it hasn't felt very connected, as far as I'm concerned. I didn't put that much thought into it. Fair enough. I enjoyed what I watched. Which is fine. I think that's the point. Yeah. Yeah. So lots of big things. Another big thing coming to Disney Plus is uh, we're getting a full uh, Daredevil TV series is coming back, an 18-episode series. We're going to start Charlie Cox as Daredevil, of course, and... Um, 
the Kingpin, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, has been confirmed as well. Onyx has a pen or a coin or something, and he's playing with it over in the corner. He's okay. adorable. Um, but there's lots and lots and lots and lots of big stuff coming out of Hall H. But for us nerds, there's a bigger thing. There's been lots of Star Trek news. Yes. 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 Most importantly, uh, it was announced, as properly predicted by me, the Sussman, Rick Sussman, uh, season three of Picard will be the final season of Picard. It was obvious. <laughs> Rick predicted something obvious. <laughs> listen. Listen. It takes huevos to say what needs to be... I did what needed to be done, okay? I said what was happening. More importantly, it's going to re... re uh, um, I can't think of the word. It's going to bring everyone back together from uh, the, uh, the next generation. So we're going to get the full crew, uh, the full... Uh, not the full crew, the full um, bridge crew, pardon me. So you've got, of course, Captain Picard, uh, who is now uh, Admiral Picard. Uh, you've got... Uh, um, Riker and Deanna Troy are still around. They're married. We know they're married. We've seen them in Picard. They have had two kids. One of them died. It's a big deal. So we know they're going to be back. There's been images of Gates McFadden looking gorgeous, even at her advanced years. But more importantly, the big revelation. Jordy's back. He's a father now. Big deal. The biggest revelation, without question, has been Old Man Worf. And he looks amazing. <laughs> He does look quite good. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, of course, Michael Dorn is wearing the Worf uh, makeup again, and he's got, you know, all white eyes and white and the white goatee because he's older. And interestingly enough, some people pointed out, he appears to be carrying a gold batleth on his back in the promo shots, and he's, he's clearly a captain. He, like, he's got the four pips. Um, not really sure how all that's going to tie in, but huh. I'm interested to see, like, why is Worf back? And then one of the biggest revelations on top of all of that was that Seven of Nine, with her Borg implants back, is wearing a Star Trek, uh, Starfleet uniform. And Starfleet was like, nah, you can't be in Starfleet, you're Borg. But if you've watched Picard, you know that there was a big revelation at the end of the season about the Borg and what they are and who's running them now and things like that. So Seven of Nine maybe finally getting her... Uh, her happy ending where she finally like is completely accepted by the people that she's just trying to be a part of. Yeah. Wow. It's it's definitely going to be a very emotional <laughs> season. There, there will be lots of onions. Now, on the other end of the Star Trek spectrum, but perhaps even more important, Lower Decks announced another season, and Yay. more importantly announced what's going to be in that next season, and part of that yeah. next season they're going to visit DS9. Oh. oh. Oh my god. It's it's going to be great. Oh my god, is it going to be great. And then on top of that, somehow we're going to get Captain Pike, uh, Anson Mount is going there's going to be a crossover episode somehow between Star Trek Strange New Worlds, which you really need to watch by the way, mm -hmm. and Lower Decks. And this episode is going to be directed by Jonathan Frank. So maybe like maybe the the Enterprise ends up in like a time loop or something or a time warp, and they end anything up anything can happen. It's true. Anything. Tachyons, reverse polarity. Anything, everything. Everything's po anything's on the table. Everything's on the table. We're in space. <laughs> space. Literally everything 
is in space. There's li anything literally anything and everything is in space. <laughs> One thing you may not have heard us mention, uh, there is nothing DC related to report. Outside uh. outside <laughs> of there was an amazing panel with Tom Taylor and Tom King where there was a photo taking of the both of them and I said what are you guys doing? This is clearly just a photo of one person taken from two different shots. <laughs> uh, at one point, Tom Taylor grabbed Tom King's nameplate and put it in front of himself, and then Tom Taylor had to question, or Tom King had to question whether or not he was Tom Taylor this whole time. I'm, I'm surprised that they they took the risk of letting them be, be, be in that the close? same room. <laughs> you're, talking about, you're, you're talking about the powers. Oh, I, I thought I thought you were talking about time cop rules, where if you touch yourself, yeah, the, <laughs> there's that too. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> you can't you can't touch in time cop rules. If you visit your past self and you touch, you like become like a gelatinous blob blob of nothing and get erased from time and space. So that's true. <laughs> Taking a big risk, putting Tom. Taylor, there's oh, whatever, whatever you're thinking, there's a big risk there. there, could have, there we could have had matter and antimatter collide, which is an annihilation. All of San Diego Comic Con could have been destroyed. Why are you guys not thinking about the people, Tom Taylor, Tom King? Like, I'm gonna call you Tom Squared. Well, it was can sad. Be the Tomboys. <laughs> the Tomboys. It's the Tomboys. Okay. It's the Tomboys. We, we could do that. <laughs> it was sad. I'm not redoing the list. It's fine. It was sad. Why was it sad? Uh, that there was no DC. Anything. But we already knew that there probably wasn't going to be. Right. The fact that they were on like the main floor and stuff. Uh, from like, well, not, uh, well, here, here's we the weren't thing. there, we weren't so there. we don't know, yeah. Something was there, but, but not, not enough to have any news come out. <laughs> we know, yeah, and if there was news, it was certainly obliterated by all of the cool stuff happening in Hall yeah. H. Mm. 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 I mean, we know that Harley and Ivy are coming back in like a week. <gasps> Less. Less. Less than a week. Le like Thursday, right? I wrote it on the calendar, Rick. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. You know they're not real. Anyway. And, and it's my Friday, so I, we, can, we can stay up and watch <laughs> Oh, if they drop the whole season. Oh, God, please. no, don't. Please. There's time. Please, don't drop the whole season. I'm begging you. Stop dropping whole seasons. We watched the entirety of Solar Opposite Season 2 in a day. Now we have to wait another, like, year and a half for season. Stop giving us binge-worthy episodes. Just, just one episode a week. Just drag race it all the way through. One episode a week. That's all you get. All right, Elle. We have a ton of books to cover. Oh, yeah. Let's get to it. All right. So, no, no order. This is literally the order that I read them. Oh, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. So, I was like, okay, I'll do that. And then I'll figure out, you know, with whatever emotions that are tied to each review. Sure. We'll figure this out. All right, what I do you start with? I think we know. Okay. <laughs> the Illusion Witch. That's the camera. Remember, this, this is the back of camera. No, no, that's this the camera. There's this one? That's the back of camera. Oh, that's this better. Oh, there oh, we that's go. That's a nice back yeah, cover. That's good. Man, that is good. I like that back cover. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the Illusion Witch, issue two. Uh, you enjoyed the first issue. I believe her name is pronounced Ida. I'm going to go with We're going to go with Ida. Yeah. Okay. Um, spelled differently than I know of, but... It looks like that's how it's pronounced, so I do apologize. But that's not how you say her name. Um, she is an illusionist and has been chosen uh, to take over and protect the essence of a being in a land called Sari, S-A-A-R-I, okay. uh, and basically to kind of save them all from like some evil and all. And 
so that's what we found out briefly in the first issue. The first issue was kind of getting to know who she was and everything. Mm -hmm. For this issue, now we're finding out more about why is it, you know, or like kind of tiptoeing around like how she was picked. You know, they had to pick somebody and she was chosen. Uh, so I'm assuming at some point we're going to find out more in depth about like why her of all people kind of thing because yeah. you know first issue we learned about her now we're learning about what's going on in this other land yeah. and more about this cute little squirrel like friend yeah <laughs> and I remember the squirrel friend being someone you very much enjoyed uh, uh, her name is Baruch I believe B-A-R-U uh, and it, it's starting to kind of turn into more of a She's like, I don't know, you know, the typical, I don't know who, what you are. Why are you talking to me? You must be a hallucination. I must have been drugged at some point. We've <laughs> all been there. <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm making this up. Why is this little creature talking to me? <laughs> you know, I can't possibly be the one uh, to be chosen to do this. What the, what's going on? To the point that Baru has to drug her to get her through the portal. If I had a nickel, if I had a nickel <laughs> for every time. So... For some reason, it's got to be her. Okay. You know, they wouldn't go to that extent to to bring her uh, to help them uh, if she was so standoffish about it and just refusing to accept. Uh, so, lots going on. We'll, uh, I'm assuming, find out more and more. <laughs> I don't remember if um, if this is a short. Series. It should be. It's I, Behemoth. I, I Behemoth is known for ongoing. Yeah. So I. I, I mean, Ruben watches our show. We can we can reach out to him and ask. Yeah. Um, we didn't have enough room to tag much. everybody this time, so I'll, I'll get him. I'll get him on the retag, yeah. and we can ask him directly. Because here's the thing, this is really dumb, and we freely admit this fact. But Elle and I do not like to know ahead of time if a book is a miniseries. I feel like it takes it away sometimes. Like, but then, okay. like, but then, ruin but, it for me. But then, well. but then we always end up doing this with every book. Like I can't. I don't know if this is a miniseries. And because then we end up it makes asking. Makes you wonder, like. How could you really drag this on a little bit more, or does it feel like it's already in motion to be kind of short series? Yeah. Like I feel like this is kind of picking up to where it's probably a short series, which is again, not, it's not a good or bad thing. It's Behemoth. I really suspect it's just it is a miniseries. It's just how the read goes. Speaking of Behemoth, if you're watching, what the hell, Cinnamon? Moving on. Cinnamon. Yeah, I know it's great. Moving on. All right, moving on. Ah, we live Age of the Paladonians. Is this issue three or issue four? Issue four. Oh, it's issue four. It is. Oh, boy. You get music and you cry. <laughs> <laughs> There's weeping. There is weeping. And I think I'm going to finally get to the point with my reviews that, look, this is Sunday, and these were from, like, a Wednesday release. Yeah. So if I give... Yeah, oh, my God. You're, no, you're not doing spoilers Three days after release. I, okay. I I refuse. You should be able to explain a book, say whether or not okay, you like it. Okay, well, I was going to talk about the music part, but I will yeah, tell you. Yeah, talk about the music part, because I listened to it It is a very, very sad moment. Uh-huh. <laughs> it is a connection between the brother and sister that, it is heart-wrenching. It is. <laughs> let me, let, you I know what? I'm just going to put this over here. No reason. I'm just going to put this here. <laughs> so we find out, do they succeed in connecting to their power source again? Right. Uh, we get that answer. Um, but at what cost? We already 
have lost some members of the team and we are losing more. Um, it, oh my God, it was so hard. It was really hard to read. And then when I turned that page and I saw that little. Yeah, yeah. So the one because thing. Because at that point, you already know. I, the one thing <laughs> I adore, truly, about the Miranda Brothers, how they're scripting We Live, is it is truly of all set. It's all five senses. Well, maybe not taste. Well, maybe you can taste your tears. It is. I, I do. Yeah. It is truly. <laughs> it is. It is such a transcendent book. It is so good and so different and so not what we expect from our comic books, which in a very good way. And I really truly believe that people need to give We Live more love. Now. There's tons of people out there who are saying that We Live is very good and that you should be reading it and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. But you don't understand. It is, it is, each issue is an event in and of itself. And it is so impre impressive. It really is. And they immediately in this issue let you know the situation and how dire everything is. And this isn't really giving it a lot away. Um, you already know that the shield's falling down. Yeah. They, they're starting this issue at 10%. Yeah. So... So, now, here's the it's thing. It's pretty heavy. I checked the back of the issue. Sure enough, issue five will be the final issue of this se series, this season, I suppose. Aftershock has not, to my knowledge, confirmed whether or not this will be it for We Live. I can't for the life of me, unless this is where the story ends, imagine that they're just going to throw this property away. Like, this has been so good. Every issue. I hope for more, but, yeah. Could just be the end of the story. Speaking of the end of the story, I'm just gonna say there's there's a lot hap that happens, so I can see the argument both ways. Yes, very easily. But like you said, I'm speaking of the end. The end is here. It is Faithless Volume Three. The artwork from Maria Lovett continues to be artwork from Maria Lovett, and that is why Elder Strange will buy it. <laughs> uh, it. It is the end. <laughs> um, <clears throat> they do fast forward uh, to the future, like 25 years. Ah. Uh, we get to see how Faith has a relationship with her daughter. Mm -hmm. um, we kind of, we, we, well, we do get to see the aftermath of basically what had happened that day when he, when Lewis first release his art onto the road <laughs> essentially into the busy city uh, and uh, how they basically have recovered or moved on from that mm -hmm. and basically how he's had, he pretty much got away with it um, and where he's at uh, it shows where Faith's at um, and where their lives have led them um, but more importantly what you see is that Lewis has tried his best to show that he's moved on, but you can see how it is impossible for him to retire. Uh, it's He's not going to change his ways. At the same time, he's not going to be able to let Faith go. Right. Um, you, in the series, see how she was willing to give her soul to succeed. And you would think that she would be the one that became overwhelmed and would never be able to break free. And it turns out it was actually the other way around. Right. While trying to ensnare 
his love, the devil instead ensnared himself. Thank you, Brian Azzarello. I, too, can write like this. <laughs> Spoiler, I can't. It, it, was, uh, it was pretty heavy. That's a great last couple of scenes, too. Yeah. Like, and you of course, can see that you think it's always he's been building only bad, the, yeah, he's yeah, whatever, yeah. you know, nothing. I don't become obsessed with things. No. And in the end, or in the end, he is only obsessed with one thing. And yeah, that's a great last image. And bravo to, to um, Maria Lovett for, like, I didn't catch, like, I, I had to review those images two or three times before I saw what he was really looking at the whole time. The way that all the faces and all the bodies and everything just changes just very gradually. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good shit right there. Yeah, that I'm is, telling you. That is pretty good shit. You, you just, her art just tells. It, you, you are in the emotion. Yeah, I've never known an artist, a comic book artist, to be able to just tell the story with their artwork. And mm -hmm. she is capable of it. And, and you know, I'm sure there's others out there that I, I can't think of on the top of my head, but very few people do I pick up a book of theirs, not need to see one word and understand everything that's happening. Very impressive. Not your pick of the week, maybe. I don't know, we'll make a, it, You're gonna make we're gonna a, a maybe pile. We're gonna see. Because uh, I, I know, see. I know, we got two. I think we got two or three more. All right, go ahead. What do you got? All right. I think I just did this backwards. I don't think I did. No, no. I did. Oh no. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. So no longer in order. <laughs> <laughs> Ebony's hype. <laughs> Alice, ever after. Now the previous issue, issue three, was your pick of the week. How is issue four? Is it an issue four? It is. Oh boy. Things are getting heavier. <laughs> that, is, that is the word of the week. You gotta, you gotta shake your fist at Dan. Damn it, Dan! <laughs> he knows how to write this, the, the idea of Alice. You know, there, there, there are so many takes on Alice mm -hmm. out there, mm -hmm. and I just keep falling in love with different ones, and this is my top right now. It's, like, it's amazing. Also, I just realized this, and... Pardon, pardon me, I just realized this. He does the cover art. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. I'm ah. so sorry. I, I, I was... Oh, okay, please continue. That, that's news to me. So, uh, headmistress of the asylum that Alice is in, uh, her name is Holda, <laughs> uh, and it's very obvious uh, that this is the Queen of Hearts. Right. Uh, and I had mentioned this in the last issue, how or in the last of the last issue, uh, where you're seeing all these typical characters from Al the Alice in Wonderland story right. um, that are here in real life, and but they all kind of have that same idea about them, such as the headmistress is definitely mm -hmm. evil. She's, yeah. <laughs> She's clear. This is a very She's obvious. really evil, to yes. the point that in this particular issue, Alice um, is starting to recall more and more about what happened in her childhood. And we're, we started, even in the last issue, started learning about how she got hooked on heroin and how her father was involved with that. So It is a family business. Yes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> she's starting to um, verbalize these things during when she's kind of under a little bit. And so this information is coming out. Her sister is starting to learn a little bit. Headmistress now knows this information and has decided to use it to blackmail the father. Intriguing. In turn, everybody's going to win because now Alice is up for a new procedure. Oh, oh, will that be the lobotomizing of Alice? <laughs> so, very heavy. We don't know what's going to happen next. 
is her sister going to be able to get her out of there and save her? Is anybody going to believe Alice? We, you know, we we don't know what's going to happen with her. It's horrible. <laughs> it is absolutely horrible, but it's exactly what I expect out of the story of Alice. So I, I'm rather enjoying it, but at the same time, I feel very bad reading it. <laughs> as, as you do. As I, I, you feel, do. I feel so bad for you, like, uh, because you know there's some realities to that, because not a lot of people were taken seriously for their mental illnesses. So you see a little bit of that too. And you're seeing how she was traumatized as a child and it's just affected her all the way till now. So mm. <sighs> once again, heavy. Yes, I can tell. <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking of less heavy, or maybe, maybe it is. Um, oh my God, where is it? Count Crowley, issue three of four. I love Dark Horse for these little mini series. Uh, They're so fun. It's going so quick. <laughs> and I I will say, stories like this, I prefer them to be short. Of course. Because you know there's going to be more. There's yeah. always more. They, they have tons of like little stories like this and everything. Not necessarily the same exact characters, but the idea. Um, same universe. And I love it. <laughs> uh, so Jerry, uh, main character, she is trying, she's determined to save this guy Steve, and uh, she was actually out to kill him, but found out in the last issues, and so that it was actually his girlfriend that turned him, and so they took care of that situation, <laughs> but now she's determined to still save him, um, because she believes he's not fully turned. Uh, they do visit an old man in a retirement <laughs> facility and try to get help, but dead in there. So now she has to figure out how to read from these sacred books uh, to be able to save them. As and you do. yeah, so it's she's got one issue left. <laughs> Ironic. <laughs> she's got one issue to figure out how to read this book and be able to determine how to save Steve. Steven. Steven. Um, so, exciting stuff. Good. Sounds like a fun little read. It is. I, I will say that this issue, you know, we, I feel like it was almost kind of a filler in a way because nothing came of going to this old man. So you're just bridging the gap because everything's sort of like, all right, it's the penultimate issue, it's the four issue miniseries. Yeah. Shit's about to go down. So I was a little disappointed. I get that. But it was still enjoyable. It, it didn't take you out of the story. Yeah, I get that. So. It's just, it's building up to the end, and you're like, I just want the end! <laughs> I understand. Yeah. Alright, last up. Last up, Playtings. Uh, issue one, you greatly enjoyed the sort of um, nightmarish Freddy Cougar, no, no, I'm sorry, Child's Play-like Sam Keithian bizarreness. How was issue two? <sighs> Disappointing. Oh, no! Why? I wanted them to be so excited about it, and I love the artwork in this. Uh, it's just, it's different from what I'm used to, and I love it. And I love how uh, the reading um, is different with each character. Yeah. So, and it's it's really that. I do love that, but as far as let's focus on the story. Sure. 
Uh, I thought that this would be a quick, scary kind of story. Uh, an evil toy comes into the house. Uh, I thought maybe only the daughter would know right. that it was talking, but it actually appears that the, the mother, you know, what's going on there, because she tries to separate the doll from the daughter. I got which you. this doll says, like, no, 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 no. Uh, and they begin their fight, uh, which carries on into the second issue. Well, it goes weird. Yeah, I can <laughs> yeah. sort of see like, that. Like, weird even for yeah. this story. Uh, it turns out that, you know, it basically immediately injects the mother to kill the mother, you know, with whatever was in that syringe, uh, and steal the daughter. You would think things were over then, or even at least carry on to a, a soon-to-be rescue mission. Right. It doesn't. <laughs> turns out the daughter is now gone, and it turns and the plaything turns into a grown man in a mask. That's a lot of weird. And eventually comes back dressed up as a fairy that was supposed to be part of the daughter's <laughs> birthday party. And then says, look, I can't let you live. I need to kill you. Wait, wait, well, what happened? What happened to this just being like a Chucky thing? Like, it could have just, it was so weird. And I know I gave away a lot, but people need to know, it's not what you think. It's <laughs> very weird. <laughs> like, it's kind of... <laughs> it's very all like, over what? the place. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Huh. I can't follow it anymore. Yeah. I think I'm lost. Like, How do you go for, like, that That sucks. Go to it from... From issue one I know, being I, the, I can see how they, they, that, you know, oh, we don't want to tell the same story, but this one really, I, you know, I'm gonna, I'll be honest, a, I wasn't expecting it. The, <laughs> there's a book on my read pile this week where as soon as I opened the first, like, as soon as I read the first panel, I knew straightforward exactly what the story was going to be. And it's not a new story, it's a story that's been told a hundred, you know what I did? Huh. I read it cover to cover and it was fucking great. Just because I know the outcome doesn't mean that it's a bad story if it's written right. Like, this feels like they were like, hey, hey, watch this shit. We're gonna turn left, we're gonna turn right, we're gonna turn left, we're gonna go straight, we're gonna go backwards, we're gonna go straight again. It's not It's not always necessary. It's too bad. Alright, yeah. well, what is your pick of the week, Ella Strange? Oh, it's so hard. Okay, so nothing against the other one. The other one was... Alright, alright. Incredible. Sure. Okay. okay. But I have to, because there was so <laughs> <laughs> so Faithless Volume 3 and spoiler after you finish this last night you're like ah it's over finally and now here you are 12 hours because later it... <laughs> because I hate waiting between issues <laughs> <laughs> Faithless Volume 3 the last issue is your pick of the week what a shock <laughs> thank you for that read pile Elder Strange I appreciate you thank you <laughs> Now it is on to my The Read Pile for the week. And I'm going to start with the... Why did the ears come off? You're, you're no longer reviewing? They're, uh, yeah, they're reviewing <laughs> are, those your, are those your lowest bunny ears? Your Louise bunny ears? I wish I had those. <laughs> Wearing a bunny mask? Anyway, starting with the honorable position of the first book that we review, which is typically a book that would have been our pick of the week any other given week. And i got to tell you... Um, I was really impressed with this. I am all in now. Do a powerbomb. Issue two. Okay. 
So as you remember, in issue one, I was very excited. It felt very much like almost like a documentary, like a dark side of the ring kind of thing. And then in the last like three pages, they're like, no, nah, I'm a necromancer and I'm going to raise your mom from the dead. And I'm just like... Yeah, you were pretty, like, you seemed pretty upset about I was. That. I was yeah. furious. But I was like, I'll give it a second. All right. What do I always tell you about comic books, about nerd, comic nerds specifically? You have a lot to say. Of course, what specifically? You that's, that's, <laughs> you're right. You're right. That's a fair point. I always say that as long as you give us nerds an explanation as to why things are the way they are, mm -hmm. we will accept it. We just need to know what is happening. It doesn't even have to make sense. It's just, you got to tell us. How come heroes don't die? Well, technically, Necron was just keeping them from entering the afterlife. That's why there was Blackest Night. Oh, okay, fair enough. As long as you give us an explanation, then we're, we're good to go. Mm -hmm. In Dual Powerbomb Issue 2, they lean right into that. Our Necromancer guy is basically uh, some crazy weird dude from another dimension who is explaining to our heroine, our, our young lady friend here, that... Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a necromancer. I'm from a different world. Uh, I conquered that world. Uh, and then they uh, cast me out, very Napoleonic, where he ends up on an island by himself, very much like what they did with Napoleon. And because he's got all these crazy powers and abilities, he starts building different technologies, and ultimately he builds television, and he finds Earth. And what does he find when he's watching TV? Well, the one thing he finds more than anything is he loves pro wrestling. And yeah, why not? But once we get the explanation as to why this guy exists and why this is happening, for me, the story then becomes very readable and very understandable and very relatable. And then you start to get the feeling of, you know, you're, you're watching, you're, you're looking at Cobra Sun, who is the surviving member of the two that, from the match in the first issue, and Cobra Sun, who is sort of Bret Hart meets Hayabusa, um, is stuck doing uh, blood and guts shows, and in fact, they uh, show him taking a really nasty couple of bumps. Like he's he's taking barbed wire steel chairs, uh, and he's taking light tubes, and he's getting a fork stuck in him. And these are all things that, if you're familiar with wrestling, you know the wrestling subculture. This is when you see a lot of falling stars. They start taking these really like gory blood and guts matches because they can't get booked on the big shows anymore. So they'll go around to indie promotions and they'll be like, yeah, I'll take the light tube spot. It's fine. You've seen, I've seen this happen and that's the idea. So this book is not just about a, little, a young girl trying to follow in her mother's footsteps, but it's also going to be a redemption story about uh, Cobra Sun. And Cobra Sun, who is responsible for the death of the greatest pro wrestler of all time, and he knows that he's responsible for her death, and he can't shake that. So he's basically going into these blood and guts matches as a form of penance. And there's this really beautiful scene that I'm going to just spoil real quick of Cobra Sun sort of sitting in the locker room with his back just bleeding from all the tiny cuts. And I've been in a locker room. I've seen that image. That is a real thing that happens in pro wrestling sometimes. That is true to life. And it drew me in. And I'll be very blunt. If if Duel Powerbomb was, uh, you know, one of two books on my on my pile this week, it would have been my pick of the week. It is very good. I just had to get past the crux of the, you know, that okay in this universe there's a guy who just happens to, you know, control space and time. All right, fine, sure, hmm. sure. And you know, I can get into it. Okay. Makes sense. Huh? What? What were you saying? I don't know. Nothing. What were you gonna say? No, nothing. Go ahead. <laughs> 
said something. No. I was going to say something about your next one. Well, say it then. Say it. And then there's. <laughs> and now for something completely different. Hey, everybody. Did you know I was born in the 80s? Did you know I collected garbage pail kids? And that one time when I was at a flea market where my dad had a booth, this is a true story. My dad had a booth at a flea market for a few years where he would sell stamps with his buddy. At the flea market, there was an arcade, and the arcade had typical video games, and I was always busting my dad's chops for quarters to go play the arcade game. This is really what happened. This is the truth. I walked to the arcade one time, and lying on the ground, I saw a $50 bill. It was just there. Maybe somebody had dropped it. I don't know. Sometimes people just drop money. It's happened to me like three or four times in my life where I found money. The first thing I did was I took that $50 bill and I ran to one of the collectors at, uh, in aisles where I knew the guy had a stack of garbage pail kids. And I said, I want that. I was like, I don't know, seven years old. I want the garbage pail kids. And the guy's like, oh, okay. And he tells me the price. And I put the $50 bill on the counter, not having any idea how much money I was giving this guy. And he gave me the change and I had the garbage pail kids. And that's a true story. And nobody in my family believes that that's what really happened. And I swear to God, that is what happened. I think that's just an empty box. I know. Oh, no, the empty box. Just just so when I saw that Garbage Pail Kids was getting another comic, I have a Garbage Pail Kids comic already. And it was going to get against Mad Balls. Mad Balls, which were the little toys that had the creepy-ass faces uh, that you could throw that were like baseballs and basketballs and footballs. I had the Mad Ball football. I still remember it having the big red nose. I loved my Mad Balls football. I was so excited to read this comic. I looked at the cover. Look at how awesome that is. You've got Adam Bomb on the cover, and he, you know the Mad Balls are flying all around him, and oh my god, how great is this going to be? It's terrible. And to be very blunt, what did I think was going to happen? I was going to get fucking Macbeth out of this? Of course not. I... I went into this, I don't know what I was expecting, but I'm like, oh, it's going to be funny, it's going to be trashy. It is. It's it's now, garbage humor, and I don't know why, but I hated it. The level of it, though, is it meant for your age? Yes. It's meant for us. Oh, so, yes. Okay. It, it is, you only get these jokes if you had garbage pail kids, if you collected bad balls. This is for anyone who's between 35 and 45. This is not for kids. It's not for anyone other than us. No, 46, because my sister knows about this. But I was so disappointed. But again, what did I think was going to happen? Why am I so disappointed about a book like this? What is she eating now? She just ripped plastic off of something. Great. Does anyone want any cats? No, she's eating the food that came up. Fantastic. What a great segue. So, that was disappointing, but I still want to... Uh, listen, I'm, I'm going to be blunt. I love this cover. I'm going to show you again. I bought this for this cover. Everything else after this, who gives a shit? This is the cover. Moving on. Silver Coin! Issue 12. Now, as you may recall, in the last issue of Silver Coin, I have fully embraced the fact that this is just going to be an ongoing anthology series. I've given up on trying to follow it. I don't care. I just want to read the mini story in every book. And in this issue, it's written by our good friend Steph Phillips, who I actually have another book on my pile for her in just a minute. So, of course, I was very excited by this. Now, remember when I told you that sometimes you open up a book and the moment you read the first two pages, you understand what the whole book's going to be? Oh, yeah. That was this. And you remember the last issue where the people kept eating at the diner, and I'm like, oh, I know where this is going. I know what's going to happen. So, in this issue, it takes place in World War II. 
There's a bunch of American soldiers that are defending a ridge. It's like a hacksaw ridge kind of situation. They take out a whole bunch of German soldiers, and then the one guy who's, you know, he's a young kid, he's never killed anybody, he freezes up and he doesn't kill the soldier, and one of his buddies has to, like, swoop in and shoot him at the last second so he doesn't get killed. And as the German soldier lays dying, he sticks out his hand, and what's in his hand? The silver coin. The kid picks up the silver coin, and then from that point on, you know exactly what's going to happen. You know every beat of the story from that point forward. You absolutely do. And I'm going to let you know, I was right at every turn. I did not care. Well written. Of course, Michael Walsh does an amazing job drawing these books. Well written, well drawn. I really loved it. And the backup story continues to be interesting. We are starting to get like an origin story of the silver coin now. But as with most backup stories, I don't care. Um, it's just... It's not something I'm into. I don't like backup stories, even if they are important. I find them to be unnecessary. I just do. It's no knock against the backup story. It's a knock against L and I. We are weird that way. Silver Coin Issue 12, great standalone issue. Steph Phillips, she does an amazing job. What are the odds? On we go. Let me see what we got. Let me, you know what? I'm going to change it up just a little bit because I want to save all those. Uh, yeah, we're good. Okay. So now up is DC versus Vampires. This is All Out War. This is the miniseries within the miniseries. Uh, remember, this miniseries needed to debut before I read the last issue of DC versus Vampires because something happened. But you got it now. I got it now. Okay. So this is cool. It's more DC versus Vampire stuff. I have one gripe. The reason why this was not going to be my pick of the week is it is drawn very peculiarly hmm. in that everything is in black and white except for red. Which I get, you know, vampires, red. It's a black, it's basically, it's black, white, and red is the book. And I was not expecting that, and so it really pulled me out of the story a lot. Like, I expected it to start out black and white because they're inside a cave, and then I just sort of anticipated, like, color would come in at some point. Well, I think seeing the cover and then jumping into that probably throws you off too. It, it threw me off it's quite a, a it's bit. It's a great cover. Yeah. And, if, and then if you don't put that in mind and then you read this separately, it probably would give you a different feel. Like if you're prepared for it, you know? Yeah. Like if you knew, I, looking at the cover. I typically don't get weirded out or, or disturbed by things like this. Like it, it typically doesn't bother me, the coloring of the, what the artist chose. And I certainly understand the idea of adding the red. But it, you know what it is? And I just realized it literally while I was talking to you. This reminded me too much of Little Monsters. Because Little Monsters is drawn black and white and with little dabs of red. Yeah, not as much as in here. Though. Right. This is red is using as a lot of accents. I, it's still a very good story. I still like it. Everything DC versus Vampires has been top notch. Um, Matthew Rosenberg is the writer of this as as well. He's writing pretty much the entire DC versus Vampires story along with James Tinney in the fourth. And I really enjoyed this, but that that color choice did throw me off a bit. Now, talking about just the story, though. Hmm. So you already read that part that you were supposed to yes. read this verse, and yes. then go back yes. and read that. Yes, guess. It yeah. didn't make more sense. Not at all. <laughs> Did it help? Not a slight. Not in the slightest. It made no difference. Not in the slightest. Like it just happened. Couldn't even remember. Couldn't even remember. But you're like, why did they even bother mentioning yeah, it? Yeah, couldn't even remember <laughs> what was so important about it. I will say this: this is a really great issue because it's showing a lot more of just everyday life in this in this regime. So you could probably just read that and just be fine. Well, no, you, 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 it's you, a companion book. Mention, it's yeah. a companion book. Like, you wouldn't understand All Out War if you weren't reading DC versus Vampires. Okay. It's a companion That's book. That's And it's well done. And it does give you, like, this really great, great like, like trip inside the deepest, darkest parts of the Earth where the last of humanity is just 
surviving. And um, they're using Captain Adam is just standing up there ba basically being the sun. And so, like, Mary Marvel is like, hey, welcome back, Azrael. They figured out how to cure Azrael. It was a Lazarus pit. Makes sense. Dead behind undead. But it sucks because they wanted to use that Lazarus pit on Batman because Destro was like, we fucking have Batman back. We can win this war. And then Azrael shows up and he's like, ah, I'm a vampire. They throw him in the Lazarus pit and he pops out of the Lazarus pit. Ah, I'm not a vampire anymore. <laughs> Meanwhile, Batman, still dead. So, <laughs> you should write comics. <laughs> I, I'm very good. I'm, I'm a vampire. So I like the story. I like everything that's going on. The coloring just really pulled me out of the book, and that rarely ever happens, but it did. Uh, Sorry. Very interesting. But you'll still finish it. Oh, for God's sake! Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Give me issue two. Do you, are you going to be annoyed if it's the same like? No, if, if an issue two it goes to color. Yeah, it. if issue two if it goes to color, I'm going to be furious. <laughs> <laughs> what is this shit? Get your shit together, DC. The fuck. But the cover will be black. <laughs> the, the cover, yeah. And I'm going to pick up the cover, and the cover is black. And I'm like, oh, you motherfuckers, you motherfuckers. <laughs> New issue. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> We heard we heard your complaints. <laughs> there's, there's a photo of me like this on the cover. I'm like we heard your complaints, DC fanboys. So now this issue is in color. <laughs> uh, we going to another universe? Yes. Okay. It's time to hop. Spider Verse. Spider Gwen. Gwen Verse. Pardon me. This is of course by our good friend Tim Seeley. Um, this has been such a fun story. But as I mentioned in issue three, uh -huh. um, we finally stopped playing at the whole, oh, everybody gets a Gwen, you're a Gwen, and you're a Gwen, and you're a Gwen, and Thor Gwen, and I... Yeah, we started learning the reality. Yeah, it was like, they're ruining these people's lives. Yeah. Um, and now in this issue, it's all come full circle. And they come across Captain Marvel Gwen, um, which is a pretty cool story. And it, it, if you haven't read... Um, the Captain Marvel reboot, which I think was like 2004. This is Captain Marvel, not Captain Marvel the way we know her, not Carol Danvers specific. Do you get a new um, Gwen each issue? Gwen? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but this this is the second to last issue, so this is much more Gwen centric on the idea of where all this is going and what's happening and why we're we're doing what we're doing and. We even get, like, you know, there's Dr. Cephalopod and all these other crazy characters, but we finally, like, understand the reason for all this. And we have a very Batman who laughs version of Gwen in all this, who is Nightbird. And Nightbird was apparently infected during um, Heroes Were Born with, like, this uh, Green Goblin mist. And so, like, everything to her is just a joke. And I was like, okay, that's very Batman who laughs. But the difference is, is that, and this is sort of, like, the difference between, like, the spiders and the bats mm -hmm. and the spiders they're always looking for the compassion in each other like whenever Peter runs across a villain the first thing he tries to do is cure them and, and, and help them and save them with the bats whenever they run across a villain it's beat the shit out of them and then leave them you know leave them lay it so you get so much humanity in this issue and, and I think that's been the point is that especially Gwen Stacy when she came back as Spider-Gwen in Edge of Spider-Verse uh, issue 4 or is it issue 2 either way I have it Earth print ha <laughs> um, everything started becoming Gwen centric like there was Gwenpool and Gwenpool did really well and then they she was just Spider-Gwen and then they were like wait she needs a real name so now she's Ghost Spider and I feel like what they're trying to do and maybe maybe I'm reading too much into it but it's my job to read it it's 
you know, the creator's team's job to, to, to give it to us, and then we interpret it, we're the, we're the consumer. I feel like they're trying to put humanity back into this character. Gwen Stacy has such a tragic history. You know, her father was a captain of poli the police, her and Spider-Man were in love, she was thrown off a, a bridge, Spider-Man tried to save her, but he did it wrong, and in doing so, broke her neck and killed her. There's been so much tragedy surrounded by, around Gwen Stacy, and I feel like this was an attempt to remind everybody, like, yeah, it's cute to have Gwens everywhere, but these are real people in these stories. These are real consequences in these stories. And we're starting to see that. And we're, we're getting to our penultimate issue. Of course, this is issue four or five. Next issue, it's all wrapped up. But I think the job that we're doing here is done. I think we've proven that the spiders are, you know, they're, they're humane and they're, they're human, even though they're mutants. They're weirdos. I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. It sounds like it's a lot of fun. It is, well, that's, and that's the other thing. Is Tim Seeley, of course, from, you know, famous for all kinds of great books, Hack and Slash, he writes a very lighthearted book, but he writes it in a very are-you-paying-attention kind of way, where if you're not really focusing on the characters, you're not giving it the proper time of day, I feel you're going to miss his point. And I think he does a great job in this issue of really emphasizing that. One of the characters is turned back to the, to the good side. Somebody dies, as, as you would expect. But it's not done happenstantially, and it's not done just sort of offhandedly. It's, it's poignant. There's a lot of reasoning behind it. Exactly. All right, I swear to God, these next three issues are all picks of the week. I, I, I got nothing. I got nothing. One of them is going to be my pick of the week, but any of them could easily be, without question. Grim, issue three by Steph Phillips. I mentioned we had two books of hers this week. Okay, what if I told you that the reason why all of these Reapers exist is because death has abdicated the throne? And he's like, deuces, I'm getting the hell out of here. I'm gone. So there has to be death in the universe, right? You can't not have death. Yeah, we've seen this in shows. Or tons and tons. There, there must be death. There was, an even there was an episode of Family Guy all about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So death must exist. So the afterlife creates these Reapers, and they go to Earth, and it's very dead-like-me kind of stuff. And there's also, like, a war happening in the balance of death and the the end that big giant reaper that we saw in the last issue the end is a entity that is set to always balance the books so whenever somebody like gets resurrected like what's happening with our main character she's accidentally human again for a couple minutes the end is sort of like awakened and then realizes that this this particular reaper needs to die and it not just die but like die in the afterlife too so it just needs to be obliterated from all space and time. No, Cannot exist. Not existing. And in doing so, the end is also inadvertently just wiping out thousands of humans, and all these souls have to go somewhere. So what's ha what we found out is that death is missing, and that um, uh, the end is here to ruin things. But what's very obvious, if you've been reading the book, is death may not be missing. Death may have found a successor. There's a scythe that each Reaper, of course, can only operate their own scythe, right? Mm. So we get to see death, death Scythe. And Death's, death's Scythe is pretty much like everyone else's, except it's gold instead of red. And only a Reaper who forged that scythe should be able to activate it. Mm. So there's a couple of really big hints, and that I think I know where we're going. 
Now, I say that because Steph Phillips is a wonderful writer, and she's taken you and I all over the universe on more than one occasion. So I feel like I know where this is going, but I can't be sure. And I always am very skittish when writers are like, come on, come on down this road. No, it's fine. It's fine. Everything's okay. Yeah, but I feel like with her, like, she can write pretty much anything. Like, yeah, she writes, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, she doesn't have a, a thing. No. It's, she, doesn't have a, she doesn't have a gimmick. No. I agree. She doesn't. I agree. But everything she touches turns to gold. And she's doing a great job. <laughs> I said this, like, six months ago. She's been the writer of Harley Quinn, the second most important comic uh, character in DC Comics for 20 issues. I do have a question, though. Now, with this series... Mm-hmm. Seems like it's focusing more on this particular Reaper. Right. Um, are you still getting like little side stories of maybe <coughs> like those that she's encountered? Very much she's so. Had to. Yeah. Okay. We learned. We learned about some of the Reapers who've existed for thousands of years. We learned that death is a being in and of itself who existed at the start of time because there cannot be life without death. There's a lot of cosmic supernatural stuff happening, as you would imagine. We learned a little bit more about that one part. Remember the first issue where she gets mad and her death face shows up? Yeah. We learned why that might be a thing and how it's connected. It's very clearly connected to the end because the end has the same exact death face that she does. Whether or not that was intentional or not or just sort of drawn that way, I don't know because it hasn't been told. There's lots of very interesting things happening. Also, as a special side note, Grim Issue 3 is completely sold out. It is completely sold out. A reorder of issue three has already been uh, brought out. Steph Phillips said this. Boom Studios is going into production again on issue three. I said it with Little Monsters. Um, I'm, I, we said it a hundred times when we know a book is gold. Get in on Grimm. If you <clears throat> are a collector because you think it's going to flip in value, that's your reasoning. If you're a collector because you just want to read good books, as well. Very good. Okay. Uh, okay. So at this point, you're making your decision. Oh no! Oh no! The decision. The decision was made before the show started. Ella Strange. Wow. Need I remind you? Thank you. Oh my God! Do I love Jurassic League so much? Look at this variant cover. For a dollar, I got this cover. It's 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 Baby Dar- uh, uh, Dark Side playing with all of the uh, 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 dinosaur versions of themselves. And there's a spoiler on the cover, too. We haven't seen uh, Dark Sidosaurus yet, but we're all pretty sure that the Dark Embryo is going to, of course, be Dark Sidosaurus. What? I'll be honest. What? Wonder Woman, the image of Wonder Woman is drawing on me. I feel like I need to... Wonder Dawn? Wonder Dawn? A fan of Wonder Dawn, are we? I might be. And, of course, we start with Green Torch and his best buddy, Flash Raptor. <laughs> No, no, and look at look at the kinetic energy of this book. Just look at the kinetic energy of these of the art in here. This is so great. I adore this. Aquaman is more concerned about his now one-eyed dolphin friend who keeps getting, <laughs> or not, I'm sorry, not Aquaman, Aquasaurus, who keeps getting injured. So <laughs> it's so great. Joker's arm Wait, shows up. How about you just stay home today? Listen. <laughs> Listen, sweetie, every time you show up to try and help me, you end up losing a flipper. It's t- no mas. It's no, it's no bueno. It's no bueno. Maybe you can, like, I don't know, work in the office. <laughs> <laughs> let's, get you, let's get you a desk job. Um, Atrocosaurus makes another appearance. God bless Atrocosaurus. Um, there's a giant crab that Aqua, that Aquasaur calls to try and help him, and the giant crab gets its arm ripped off. 
and Aquasaurus yells out, Reginald, your claw will grow back, don't worry. <laughs> Are you telling me that you can't love this? I like hearing it through you. I'm not reading it. <laughs> it is so good. It is so good. Um, Bizarradon, Bizarrosaurus, I love the way his, um, get out of here. I love the way his lettering is, so everything's like every third or fourth letter is backwards, but he, he, he just sounds normal. It's just you try and like read it in your head how it would sound. It's so well drawn. It's so incredibly well paced. Moving on. There's so many great puns. It's awesome. I truly, truly love Jurassic, uh, uh, Jurassic League. Give me two more issues of this or three more issues of it. I forget if it's of six or of five. I don't care. I want to complete the story and then I never want to see these characters ever again. <laughs> You live here and only here. This is this is good. <laughs> Stop touching things, you cat. Gum and I everything. So I adore Jurassic League, but it's one of those things where I don't want anyone else to t don't touch my things. Don't don't touch my stuff. Like I that's how much I like these characters. Like it exists only in this parallel, and that is it. And I want never to see them again, only here. Not my pick of the week. I wonder what the pick of Not the week is. Not my pick of the week. Wonder. My pick of the week uh -huh. is Bunny Mask, the hollow inside issue. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> the least obvious pick of the week ever. <laughs> ever, 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 ever. I think we were both obvious. Well, I had pretty strong decision <laughs> to make on my I, I mean, I'm in, I'm in a, I am in a glut of great comics right now. I, I There's only one or two books on my pile every week where I'm like, no, no chance. Everything else could be my pick of the week. But this... I said it last night on Twitter, and Paul Tobin even said that it was the best review of uh, Bunny Mask he'd ever heard. And it was just me just sort of just tweeting. You know, every now and again you just send a tweet out or you say something out loud. You don't really expect anyone to, maybe, maybe somebody will like it. You know, you get a like for it, right? Mm -hmm. And what I said, it's still true, is that this is one of the most beautiful and most sad books I've ever read. And The Hollow Inside is so great, specifically because it is, it is, talking about the pure endless desperation and sadness that exists within all of us to be completely and totally hollow to be so hollow and so without purpose that a creature could come along and feed upon your emptiness and it's building towards what is very predictably going to be B and Taylor getting together and becoming a couple as they probably should have always been remember the whole first series was about him rescuing her and her being trapped and now we're getting into the point where is bunny mask b and is b bunny mask and bunny mask sort of explains to b that you know she needed her bones to get out of uh the the cave and b's like what in the hell are you talking about and b and bunny mask tells her it's very straightforward you were dead i resurrected you so that i could use you to get out of that cave but you're not dead anymore so don't be dead again stop being so dead and and b's like what are you talking about she goes you're hollow and you're the most hollow being, and I need you to not die because you dying would be bad. And 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 Hollow knows Bunny Mask, and these are ancient uh, entities that have existed for all of space and time. And Bunny Mask needs B to not die, but she also needs B to find love because it's a love story in the end, and it's a story about two people finding themselves in the most bizarre of circumstances. And so that's why it is so beautiful, but so sad. And, and 
you can see, you can, the drawing, of course, Andrea Muti does an amazing job. Taylor Esposito's lettering, we've been over this. The man is the hardest working letterer in the industry for a reason. Everything on each page just oozes with beauty and tragedy at the exact same time. It is, it is a symphony of horror, and I adore it. I, I'm, I'm hopeful of a volume three. I would just, I would read Bunny Mask like this forever. This team, they are creating art, and I want more. Um, and this issue specifically, it, it emphasizes the just utter sadness of not, of not just you know being sad, but everyday life, the 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 the, the trudgery of it all, where we're all just trying to get from A to B, right? Everyone's just trying to get from A to Z, A to Z. I just got to get home. But are you living? Are you even alive? Does it even matter that you're getting from A to B? Hmm. And all of that is discussed in this issue. It's it's just it's gorgeous. It's my pick of the week. Sounds like a little depressing. Huh? It sounds a little depressing. It, it's more than a little depressing, but it's also beautiful. Yeah. Anyway, that wraps it up for this week's read pile. My pick of the week, of course, is Bunny Mask, issue three, Love the Hollow Inside. And Elder Strange pick of the week is Faithless, volume three, issue five, the end of that series. Uh, so before we get going, uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. oh, it's ruined. It's not going to be worth a billion dollars anymore. I didn't get the naughty cover. There was a naughty cover? There was a naughty cover. Oh, no, you got to collect the naughty It was covers. bagged and everything. Yeah, I, I used to get some of those for sex criminals. They're never that great. Anyway, uh, we want to give a bit, big shout out, of course, to our good friends, the Space Bastards, Mad Cave Comics, our sister show, The Indie Cast, which is back this week, uh, Bountiful Garden, Haven for Heroes, EricPolicki.com, AJ Schumacher, and BG Comics. Make sure you give Alex a uh, like uh, and follow on Twitter if you haven't already. Same with Eric Palicki. They're good people and they're good comics. Uh, for the original Angry Nerd Girl, Elda Strange, I am the Sus Man, Rick Sussman, letting you know that we'll be back next week. Um, at the end, it's gonna be the it's gonna be July thirty first. Uh, almost August. Almost August. Next week, one last week of July. So until then, I am the Sus Man, Rick Sussman, again for the original Angry Nerd Girl, Elda Strange. And we will see you all next week. Say goodbye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Oh, knees. My knees! Bye, audio people.